the need of every person in this room, part of this church, those online joining us. Father, you are our provider. And thank you that we can come to you. We bless you. We praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So a couple of things is um, I want to look at the scriptures real quick and then I'm going to refer back to just we've seen uh, in the world just a lot of horrific events in our nation and other parts of the world. But I want you if, you if you have a Bible and if you're joining us online, you can have a, you know, your U version of the Bible or, or wherever you're at. I want you to take your Bible and, and look with me uh, in John chapter 13, John chapter 13. And I'm going to read uh, John chapter 13. Verses 34 and 35. And so uh, we'll talk more about this in a minute. But I just want to get our mindset on what this is saying. So John 13, 34, 35. The, the word of God is living and active. Amen. OK, chat in the chat. Type that in. Amen. All right. So here it is. It says this. This is what Jesus says. A new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So he's telling them you must love as I've loved. OK, then if you have a Bible uh, or you just want to follow along, I want you to go over to first Corinthians chapter 13, first Corinthians chapter 13. Many of you would know this. This is what we call the love chapter. I'm not going to read it all. I'm just going to read parts of it. But what I'm going to say, this is so Paul is saying now to the church and the believers in uh, in Ephesus. But the letter would be passed to all the churches throughout the, the new world there. And he says this, he says, you know, you can you can speak with tongues of angels. You can you can have all these gifts, but you do it. If you do it without love, you're just nothing. So then he describes what love is. And oftentimes during a wedding, we would quote this scripture and it's a great scripture. But we've got to see it in the bigger context of life, dealing with humanity, dealing with with issues that we're dealing with, dealing with what we're going on in our heart. Uh, for First Corinthians 13, verse four, it says love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects. It always trusts. Always hopes. Always perseveres. Love never fails. And then I'm going to go down to verse 13. We, we love this one. I put this on social media this morning. And now these three remain. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. And so really the mark of a believer, if you call yourself a believer, if you call yourself a Christian, would be that we walk in love, agape love, not just love. We walk in the love of God. Now, I'm going to be honest. It's hard sometimes to walk in love, isn't it? Some of you are not me. Okay, well, you can repent before the Lord after. But it's hard. So as you've seen in our in our world, I've, I've just watching the terrible news throughout the world, uh, the the political upheaval in, in Myanmar or Myanmar, how you want to pronounce it. Uh, soldiers were told just to shoot innocent people. Um, you know, in Niger, there was a gunman went in and just shot people up. I mean, Nigeria, young uh, schoolgirls are being being taken from their school here in the United States. We see continual rampant violence against one another constantly. And then um, what we just saw this weekend in Atlanta was horrifying. This this man went in and shot people up, killed eight people. Now, I'm going to just be honest with you, being that I am half Asian, my mom was Korean, it, it, it bothered me. It bothered me that um, one of the deputies would say he just had a bad day. That, that's not a bad day. That's awful. This guy premeditatedly went into a place to kill people and he was going to do more harm. So I'm going to tell you, I was grieving, but also I was angry. I'm going to be honest with you. I was angry. And... and 
I'm only half Asian. And so as a half Asian, I'm going to tell you, growing up, I would be called all kinds of names. I'm not going to repeat them because I don't want you to hear them. Uh, and so I was bullied at times because I was half Asian. I was teased because I was half Asian. Now, sometimes I stood up for myself. I, I fought back at times. Otherwise, other times, because I, I, I got saved when I was 12. And I said, you know what? I don't need to live that style. I don't need to hear that. I don't need to be like that. I began to read the Bible. My church taught me about the gospel that I didn't need to be offended. I don't need to lower myself to, the, to, the, to their level. And even as a teenager and in my young adult years, I, I had a deputy sheriff in the community. He would just bother me. He'd pull me over for no reason uh, because I was half Asian. I, I, that was my, my guess. And he just would bo- pull me over and he would just bother me going to school because I was half Asian. And so I thought about that when I saw that this young man went in, whatever reason, I mean, he did, it was evil. And we've seen the rampant racism against African-Americans. And maybe you're in another country. We see this in, in Myanmar. We see it in other countries where people are, are, are targeted because of their gender or because of their class. As Christians, it should not offend us. We shouldn't make excuse for people or blow it off. But we should say, Lord, help us to have love. You see, I had to repent before the Lord. I said, Lord, I am so angry right now. I'm so angry at, you know, my mom's in heaven. But I would be angry knowing that my mom, would, a Korean woman... An elderly woman will be walking down the street and some, th- someone thinks it's funny to knock her down or hit her. That, that's not funny. That's not a joke. Or, or that we just sing out people because they're black or they're Asian or they're Latino or they're, they're, they're Indian or whatever. Or whatever it is. It's, it's just not right. And so I had to repent before the Lord. I was talking to my wife. I said, I'm grieving, but I, am, I said, I'm so angry right now. And I had a come to Jesus moment. And, I, and this, this scripture came to me. He said, a new command I give you. Love one another. And church, I don't know about you, and, and I've been watching social media, and I've just seen people blowing up about it. Like, it's no big deal. You know, it's a big deal. It doesn't matter when anyone dies. I don't care whoever their race or color. It just, it's a big deal when, when there's perpetrated violence against them. It's just wrong. And I'm going to just be honest with you. I'm tired of us thinking the government's going to do something when the church has the power of Jesus Christ. And we've got to remember that we're looking at people. We must look at them the way Jesus did. Here he loves people, right? He loves people. Ephesians 6, 10 through 12 basically says that our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against blacks or whites or Asians, Latinos, Republicans, Democrats. It's against the spiritual forces. The devil comes to steal, kill and destroy. And we must look at every person, whether you like them or not, whether you agree with them or not, that they are a child made by God. And they're not redeemed yet, then you should hopefully be Jesus. If they're redeemed and they disagree with you, you're still supposed to love them. So are you ready? Some of you are like, oh my goodness, what church did I come in today? Oh my goodness, what, what's wrong with Pastor Stan? Pastor Stan is, is wanting the church to be alive in real love. God is calling the church to live in gospel love. Come on, amen? So now imagine, imagine coming into town. Harold is as king, so we're working into uh, uh, Easter season. So this is, the, this is the, the coming of the cross. This message is an Easter message. What? It, it's working our way into that. So imagine now Jesus is coming into Jerusalem. They're cheering him. They, they, they put him on a donkey. They, they throw palm leaves down. They take their jackets off and they, or their cloaks and throw them before him. Say, you're the king. Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So they're heralding Jesus as king. They're celebrating. There's a new vibe. There's a new excitement because the government is terrible. The religion's terrible. Now, imagine 
A week later, that same crowd who's shouting your name, praising you, now is calling for your death. Now they want you dead. Now they want you to, 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 to die on the cross. How would that make you and I feel? How would that make you feel? Imagine this crowd and the rulers of society, they get their wish. They beat you. They torment you. They make you carry your cross for a while. Then they put you up on a cross. They crucify you to die, that you will die a slow death. How would that make you feel? How would you react? You know what? I would not react probably as Christ did. Because here's what he said in Luke 23, 33 through 34. When they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him there along with the criminals, one on his right, the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, destroy them. No, he said, Father, forgive them. For they do not know what they are doing. And they still divide up his clothes by casting lots. You see, we are living in some terrible times. Good times, terrible times. We continue to see evil raise its ugly head and make people do evil things to one another. And even now, we're more divided. We're more judgmental. More, we're more insolent. And less, we're just merciless. And this is in the church. We look at someone, well, you voted for Trump. You voted for Biden. You're black. You're white. You're a Democrat. You're Republican. Instead of looking at them as children of God, we see them as an enemy. And the devil would love that. And I, I was trying to find the scripture in Luke. It talks about, it says, it will be impossible that there will not be offense. And I'm referring back to a, a series by John Bevere, a book called The Bait of Satan. If, if you haven't read it, you need to read it. The Bait of Satan. And I almost took that bait this week, being offended. Seeing Asians being called out. I mean, blacks are being called out all the time, being mistreated. Latinos, people of different countries, uh, different languages, different uh, ethnicities. And even in other countries, people are being that. So I said, so you know what, God, help me to have this love because I would struggle Forgiving people who one day they like me, then the next day they want to kill me. You see, Jesus knew that. And Jesus calls his disciples out. He calls his followers out. And he says, you must love one another as I have loved you. You see, our world needs a church that's loving, not judgmental. The world needs a church that shows the truth and doesn't just let people get away with evil. Because we have what's called the progressive church or the liberal church and the conservative church. And we have to say, well, you've got to be one or the No, you can actually be both. Jesus was grace and truth. He said, I forgive you, but stop sinning. But he also said holiness unto the Lord that those who practice these things will not see the kingdom. And so we keep thinking we have to be in one or the other. You can actually be both. Because it's the agape love that will help you see a person that's addicted or destroying himself or destroying themselves that you can help them. You don't just keep saying, well, God loves you and you know what? You can keep doing the wrong. No, God loves you. Let's help you get out of that. But we don't want to be like Pharisees either that say, oh, I hope they die. They hope, I hope they get judgment because, man, God have mercy on us. Come on, amen. Jesus didn't come to judge the world. He came to save the world. He will come back as a judge. So, hey, Pastor, you're, you're just getting off today. Please listen. Please listen. Our world needs a church that loves like Jesus. Tough love, but gracious love as well. What does love one another really mean? How do we do it? Are we practicing it? Am I practicing? Are you practicing it? Are you ready? 
Some of you, Pastor, please go. I'm, I'm ready. I'm done. Don't check out yet. Check back in. Check back in here, okay? So as I read those scriptures, John says again, Jesus says, love one another. <coughs> Excuse me. Love one another as I've loved you. And then we read the love chapter. So again, now Jesus is coming into Jerusalem. He's heralded as the king. He predicts to his believers and those around him that he'll be, he'll be crucified. Some of them say no. And then he says, one of you will, will betray me and one of you will deny me. So we know Judas would betray and we know that Peter would deny him. And then he knew that the church would be scattered. He knew that he would be persecuted. He knew that we would be tempted to be conformed to be like the world. And he modeled what real love was. So again, John 13, 34 and 35, he says this, A new command I give you, love one another as I loved you. So you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So the first thing is this, it's a new commandment. Now, it's not a suggestion, it's a commandment. Love one another. Say, love one another. In the chat, love one another. So Jesus commands, he doesn't suggest, he doesn't say, if you, if you think about it, you know, if, you're, if you want to be nice, he says, a new command I give you, love one another. This is a command, it's not an option. The original language says it's an order, it's a charge. You must do this, you must love other people. In fact, loving others is hard, isn't it? Loving others is hard, especially when they are different than you. They disagree with you. Um, and it's really hard if they call themselves a Christian. They say, oh my goodness, they're a Christian. They voted for Trump. Oh my goodness, they're a Christian. They voted for Biden. Oh my goodness, they're a Christian. You know what? We need to love them. Whether you like them or not, whether you like what they voted for or not, where they did not vote, we must love one another because it's not a suggestion. It's a command. Say it's a command. Oh, tell me what to do. Okay. Jesus did. He's the king. He's the Lord. Loving one another is hard. And it seems again, because, and I'm going to go off on it again, this last election cycle, social media, believers are struggling, not just loving outside, but loving people in the church. Loving people, I mean, I've seen people who were friends now, they've unfriended me because I didn't hold their political view or I stand up for Jesus for whatever reason. You've seen that. You see, we find it easy to love those we agree with, but we struggle to love those who disagree or who are different than us. And Jesus says, you must love one another. The second thing, letter B, he says, as I've loved you, so you must love one another. In fact, he said, I'm your model because I loved you in all your faults, all your sins, all your mess ups. I loved you to set you free because I've loved you, you must love others the way I've loved. So think about this. Not only did Jesus love all the disciples, he loved everyone. Remember on the cross, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And that's hard, isn't it? It's hard when someone does something bad to you, malicious to you. Purposely, I mean, they, they, they cheat, they steal, they try to, try to hurt you. It would be hard for me, just to be honest with you, to say, you know what, I'm going to forgive you because Jesus tells me to. It would be hard. I'm going to be honest with you. And that's why we need to say, God, I need your agape love to fill my heart, to fill my mind. Um, I need to have that. I mean, he forgave Peter. We can't do this in ourselves. Father, forgive them for they know what to do. Until Christians surrender to Jesus... We will struggle with this kind of love. 
Mark 8, 34 through 36. Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Church, we must take up our cross, deny ourselves and follow Jesus Christ. Too many in America say, Jesus, you follow me so I can have a good life. Instead of saying, Jesus, I surrender everything so I can follow you. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me or the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the world and yet forfeit their soul? You see, this agape love will only come when we surrender our will to Jesus Christ. I'm asking you in the room, I'm asking you online, will you surrender your life to Jesus Christ so you can love as God commands us? The third thing that Jesus says in the scripture letter C is, by this, by this, everyone will know that you're my disciples. He didn't say by your religious acts. He didn't say by your political views. He didn't say by your hair. He didn't say by your car. He didn't say by your color of your skin. He didn't say any of that. It says by your love for one another, they will recognize that you are my disciples. Jesus understood that outsiders would be watching. Friends in the world, Christians online, they're watching us. People outside the church are watching us. And if we're judgmental saying, oh, they deserve that. Or, you know what, I just, you know, I really don't care because I'm living my life. They don't want that. If they see us fighting in the church... They say, you know what, I don't really see the love of God right there. But if they see us loving one another, forgiving one another, enjoying each other's company, even though we have different views, they'll say, now that's a real love. How can I get in on that? Isn't that exciting? No. No, Pastor, it's not exciting. It is exciting. Because it will change the world. You see, they would look at us. Unbelievers recognize Jesus' disciples not by their doctrinal distinctives. Not by their political views, not by their religious activities, but by their deeds of love towards one another. When you and I look at someone and we judge them by their politics, their race, their gender, their ethnic background, by their their accent, by the color of their skin, we are not operating in agape love. When you look at someone and say, you know, that's a child of God. Regardless of what they believe, I love them because they are my brother. They are my sister. And when the world sees us fighting amongst each other, they're like, if that's what Christianity is all about, we do that already. We don't need that. But when they say, you know what, they, they love each other. They get along with each other. Even though they're different, even though they disagree, they love each other. And you see, when we start going around making us versus them in the church and outside the world, we've lost the gospel effect. We've lost Jesus Christ command to love one another. How are we doing on loving one another? You doing good in this room? You doing good online? Would you take your Bible out again and let's go back to 1 Corinthians. Let's go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians 13. I'm going to try to go through this. I know I go fast. I know I go long. I'm going to try not to go super long in all this. But I want to read to you, this is, these are the characteristics of what godly love is. Okay? So the first one is this, number two, the characteristics of love, is we're going to read this again one more time. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Love is patient. Verse 4. Love is kind. It does not envy. 
It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. So the first thing is this. If you're taking notes, you're following along. The, is number, uh, let, number two A is love is patient. You see, when we speak in love, it needs to be patient. The Greek word, of course, means long-sufferingly, long-suffering, patiently enduring. This means putting up with a lot. I'm going to be honest with you, I get impatient about things, just like you. This means having patience with imperfect people. And that's everybody, right? You're being patient with me right now. You're smiling. You're at, at least you're acting like you're liking this, okay? You're online right now. I know you're getting coffee right now. You're getting a bagel right now. And you're just kind of listening to the background. We're, we saw you. Yeah, you. Talking to you. Right there. I see you online. Now you're coming back to your phone. I don't. I'm just, I'm just messing with you. Love is kind. The Greek word here means to show oneself useful or, or, or nice to people. Um, speaking kindly to your friends, your coworkers. Speaking kindly to that rude cashier. Right? I mean, some of you have a bad day. The cashier's having a bad day. And when like they're short with you, you want to be short with them, don't you? Come on. Love says, you know what? I'm not going to be like that. I'm going to speak kindly to them. I don't know how many times I've gone. Some of you, I'm not going to name that coffee shop. It's not my favorite coffee shop. I've gone there a few times and, and the workers have just been short with me. And, I, and I'll just stop. Say, man, hey, how are you doing today? And they're like, what? Yeah, I'm like, how are you doing? I'm doing fine. And their attitude just completely changes. I put a smile on my face. Not like, how are you doing? No, I just... I change my, hey man, how are you doing today? You doing all right? Oh yeah, I'm struggling. I'm sorry to hear that. And when they see that, their attitude towards me changes. You would be surprised what being kind to someone does. Come on, right? Mean-spirited words are not kind words. I love you. That's not love. Come on. The Bible says what's in your heart will come out of your mouth. Luke 6. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in the heart. The evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in their heart. For out of the overflow of his heart, his mouth speaks. So think about that. The way we respond to people, it shows them where our love is. Again, just being kind to co-workers, being kind to family. I mean, at home, we're, we're a little more short with our family members, aren't we? Come on. Not me, man. Okay, you can repent of lying pretty soon. I mean, especially in marriages, sometimes we get pretty short with each other. I mean, not in my house, because I get beat up, man. I'm just kidding. I mean, we, we, we're humans. We make mistakes. And so sometimes you've got to remember, you know what? I need to love my family. I need to love my friends. I need to love my neighbors, that obnoxious neighbor. I need to be kind to them. That coworker who just gets on my nerves, right? That customer that comes in. I mean, I used to sell shoes. I used to work at a restaurant. And there were certain customers. They would just, I mean, I remember working at the restaurant when I was in college. And I was the assistant dining manager. And this, this, this family, they'd come in all the time. And they would just be, but they'd come in almost every night. I'm thinking, and I'd ask them, how was your meal? That was terrible. And I was, and I was like, in my mind, like, then why do you keep coming here? Well, just please don't come back. Save us a lot of trouble. And God began to convict me about that. I'm like, man, because a couple times I even just, I did in my shortness, I would just say, then why are you here today? And I'm like, that wasn't Christ-like. That wasn't very nice of me. So I just started being nice to him. And it, 
I never saw a change in their life, but I just was continuing to be, I smiled when I saw them. Hey, how are you guys? I knew their names because we all knew their names. Oh, here they come. You know, here they come. And the server's like, don't, don't, don't see them in my section. Don't, don't put them in my section. I'm like, okay, because you said that, they're coming. No, I'm just kidding. I wouldn't do that. All right. Be kind to people. Love does not envy. This, the, the original language means to covet, desire, be jealous of that. Um, true love is not competitive. I mean, I'm a competitive person. You can ask. My, my, my kids are competitive. Uh, I'm a competitive person. I, I don't like to lose. Come on. Really. I, I like to win. I want you to win. It's okay to be competitive, but it's not good for us to be envious. There's a difference. Competitors and envy are different. Okay? And so we see this in marriages. We see this with siblings. We see this at work. We see this in the church. We see this in our nation. You see, true love is non-possessive. So, you know, I'm going to give my best. I don't need what they have because God's blessed them. It's hard. Even best friends can be envious of others. The next one, love does not boast. And the Greek here word means is it to vaunt itself, to brag, to boast. Love does not. You don't need to say, oh, you know what, Pastor Stan? Um, you know what? I love you so much that we, we gave a couple extra dollars for you. Or, you know what, Pastor? We love the church so much. We came in on Saturday when no one was around and we put the trash away. Okay, that's not, that's boasting. You know, I love you so much that I took care of your mess back there, buddy, at work. Yeah, every week I do it, in fact. You know, you you just leave things laying around. But because I love you, I just did that. So you, you don't really love them. You're boasting, right? True love makes itself clear and just does it. You just do it, right? Now, if you're a boss, you, you talk to the person. Hey, listen, you're a slob. You need to stop. Just do your work. Come on, be nice. The next is, you guys still here? Still online? The next is, um, it is not proud. It's, 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 this sounds like the boast, you know, the boasting, but it, it's puffed up, haughty. It's, uh, you know, I'm better than you. And, and sadly, sadly, in the church, we think we're better than people outside the church. Do you remember what your life was like before Christ? We should not. In fact, even, it's, even, it's even worse when then we think we're better than someone in the church. Because I have this, I have that, I, I'm from this place and that place. And it really, you know what? I, Jesus humbled himself as a servant. And in this, I didn't read it today, but in, in John chapter 13, he washed the disciples' feet. I don't know how about, about you, that's gross. Some of your, your feet. I mean, he, he washed their feet. He humbled himself. When's the last time you humbled someone, yourself to serve someone in love? And not looking at yourself and say, well, they should be serving me. They should be taking care of me. They should be looking out for my needs. Letter F. Love is not rude. It is not rude. Again, the, the original language means uncomely, unbecoming. You just see, true love displays good manners. True love is courteous. It, it doesn't always, you know, it's not about you. It's about serving other people. Are you courteous to those you love? Are you courteous to people you don't even know? I'm telling you, our lives would be much better if we would just be more courteous to people and less demanding. Come on, right? Amen? Would Christ, listen, would Christ be proud how you treat your mom, your dad, your spouse, your kids, your neighbors, fellow believers, strangers? Can your non-believing friend see Christ in your rudeness? In my rudeness. Love is not self-seeking. The Greek word is 
It's not, it doesn't require. True love has no demands. I mean, we say this, if you love me, you would. If, if someone says that to you, that's not true love. If you love me, you would, right? We've all done it. I do it now as a joke. Okay? But if I have to go to you and say, if you love Jesus, you would do this for me. Then that's not love. That's demand. That's a requirement. You're, you're telling me what to do. If you're constantly, if you and I are constantly saying my rights, my needs, then we're not speaking in true love. You have rights. You have needs. But are you looking out for the needs of others? Are you looking out for the rights of other people? The next thing, it's not easily angered. Oh, we love that, right? None of you get angry. It's not easily provoked or stirred up. How many times have we blown up at our family, our friends, our co-workers, maybe the customers? Again, as I said, it's easier to blow up at family, family members and people that are close to you. It is. Come on. It's just true. Being irritable, super sensitive, touchy, rough, or hostile is not a trait of true love. If this is constant for you, I mean, we, it all happens. We all get tired. We all lose sleep. We all get sick. We all have rough times. But if it's constant, then true love is not being developed in our hearts. Come on, this is good stuff. Amen? If you're angry all the time, then you need to get a heart checkup from God. Maybe you need to talk to a professional counselor. Maybe you need to get some different friends. The next thing is this. Love, it keeps no record of wrong. Now, this is tough. Especially in our day and age right now, we're calling people out. We're, we're, we're deconstructing. We're, 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 just, we're after everybody. You see, the Greek word here is to count against, to despise, take an inventory. You and I need to stop it because it's going to destroy us alone. If you have a little book in your head of every little thing, offense that your family, your friend, your neighbor, pastor stand did, a politician did, what's happening in the world, you're going to become resentful. You're going to become cold hearted. In fact, it's proven that you'll begin to kill yourself physically by holding on to wrongs to you. This is what I call the bait of Satan, being offended, being keeping track. Because think about this. Aren't you glad online and in the room that God does not keep track of every little bad thing you do? Especially when you said, God, please forgive me. And this is what Jesus said when he said, you must love each other as I loved you because he looks past our faults when we say, God, forgive me. Please forgive me, God. I don't want to say that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to think like that. I don't want to act like that anymore. Well, I'm just a truth speaker. I just call people out. No, that's not your job. That's not a gift of the Spirit, by the way. If you know someone and you're a friend with them, that's, and you can talk to them and say, listen, man, that's destructive. I love you. Please don't do that anymore. Or you know what? Because my family helps me out. When I say something, they're like, Dad, you know, that was probably okay when you were in high school back in the 80s, but you don't say that to people today. I'm like, oh, I didn't know that. But they tell me, you know, say to me like, you dare me, you kids tell me what to do. I'm the dad. Now, you know what? I'm sorry. I should learn. I need to learn. You want a good marriage? Some of you struggling or some of you going to get married someday. Those of you online, maybe in the room. You want a good relationship? Don't keep records of wrong. 
When I talk about, because some people, well, we don't, we don't fight. It, it's coming. Oh, we just love each other. Yeah, you're going to fight. Oh, we just, we're just so full of love. Okay, you, you, that's fine, but you're going to fight. But when you do, don't, don't bring up stuff from the past. Keep, fight fair, as I say. Have, have rules of engagement, as I talk about to people that want to get married. I say, don't, don't bring up something that happened and you guys forgave each other for it. Because, see, you're keeping a record of wrong. And you see, when, when like, and I told, and I, I, I told you, I mean, when, I've told this many times, I mean, I was in, in college and, and uh, uh, the Russians, the, the Soviet Union shot down the Korean airline. And I took a, I, I, there was a little, uh, an ad, a, a political ad in the paper and I put it up on my wall and I was so angry at Russians at, at Soviet Union because they killed innocent Koreans. And God said, you know what, that, that's the record of wrong there. Said, no, but they, they did wrong. The Soviet Union cannot get away with that kind of stuff. And I, I did, I had to repent and, and I got rid of that little clipping. And I felt that same feeling in the last few months when I've seen people going after Asians. And when this crazy man went and shot Asians, mostly Asians, that record of wrong keeping wanted to come up and start, you know what? But I said, you know, I can't do that because people are, are just mean to everybody. I know that. And I'm saying they target different people. But we can't go around keeping wrongs of people on social media. The news feeds. Politicians. I mean, yes, you can hold them accountable if you voted for them or did not vote for them. The pastor. He didn't say hi to me. Did you say hi to me? He didn't text me. Did you text me? He didn't pray for me. I pray for you always. <laughs> if you're going around checking marks, you're not walking in agape love. Okay, I need to move on. I love you. Oh, really quiet. I really do love you. Like, Well, I'm praying for God to help me love you right now, Pastor. Okay, it's good. Number, the letter J, love does not delight in evil. The Greek says it's, not, it's being glad when bad happens or evil will be harms somebody and this is, come on, we do it. I hope they get what they deserve. Come on. We all do it. But real love says, you know what? God is the judge. God is going to deal with them. Whether they get it here or later, I'm, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to hope they get what they want. In fact, the Bible tells you not to do that. Aren't you glad God doesn't give us what we deserve? Wow. I'm glad he doesn't give me what I deserve. Where do we get off on being so perfect? This also means not rejoicing in people's shortcomings. Oh, I knew they were going to fail. I knew they were going to miss that project. I knew that. This also includes spreading evil reports of other people just so that you can paint them as bad people. All Asians, all blacks, all whites, all Latinos, all Indians. They're all, that's a lie. When you, when you paint a broad picture, all Republicans, all Democrats, all Africans. I mean, you start doing that, you're spreading an evil report of someone. Unless, well, they're all good people. Well, okay, that, that's nice too, but it's not always true, but... It's one thing to warn person, a person that's harmful. So you watch out for that person. She's harmful. Watch out for him. 
But it's another thing to paint an evil picture of a person using their faults. Because all of us have faults. Come on, amen? All right, I need to move on. Letter K. Love rejoices with truth. Gladness with truth. Yes, this is, this is wanting God's truth to be known, but it's also aggressively showing the good in people. Because I'm tired of us looking for each other's faults. Let's start looking for the good in people. Come on, right? Let's celebrate the good in people. Let's look at the good things they do. Let's thank them for their, their good things that they do for us. This means building people up. This really means build them up. Build them up. I know our world's tearing us down. Letter L, it always protects. The Greek really means, it means covering or bearing with. It means you, you pray for those, not against those you disagree with. It was hard for me to pray for this young man who went out and just shot people. It was hard for me to pray for the soldiers in, in Myanmar or Myanmar, how do you want to say it, who were just following commands to shoot people innocently. I wanted to pray something else over them. Instead of God, help them, deliver them from that evil. Deliver them, forgive them, help them. Jesus, as Jesus said, forgive them for they know not what they do. Love always protects. It means protecting your friends back while they walk away. Just let me help you. This is free, okay? This wasn't in the sermon. But if you're with a friend and they're always talking about someone with you, I just want you to know when you're not there, they're talking about you. Some of you think, oh, they, yeah, they do. If, if they can talk about anyone and badmouth them, when you're not there, they're badmouthing you. That's just truth, okay? But if that's you, stop doing it. Because true love doesn't do that. It, it protects. It defends. Come on, amen? It always trusts. Let her end. The Greek here means always believes, always trusted. It looks for the best in us. This is hard. We're living in a tough world, but let's look for the best. Let's, let's encourage them to live their best. Come on, amen? It means not being suspicious all the time. Some of you have a great discernment. It's fine. But if you're suspicious of everything someone says, you're not living in true love. Let me move on. It, it always trusts. It all, again, it, it, it just says, you know what? I, 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 they have good intentions. I want the best. The next thing, it always hopes. It expects. It never gives up on people. We've given up on people, haven't we? I'm going to confess another sin. I've given up on politicians. But I need to pray for them. I need to contact them. I need to tell them, this is what I want you to do. I voted for you or I didn't vote for you, but you still represent me. But I'm praying for you to make the right decisions. I'm praying for you to, to live a good life so that America and every nation will be, have, have a good life. Come on, amen? Do you show great hope for others? Or have you written them off? Letter O, it always protects. You're doing good? I, I got to finish. It always, per, it always perseveres. Greek means to abide. Persevering and staying loyal to the end. It means sticking with someone that you say you love. In their hard times, in their good times. Come on, amen? When they're rich, when they're poor. When, when, they're, having a, when they're just struggling or when they're, they're succeeding. And even in the church, we see where... People, they stick with the church when it's good, but when things go tough, they leave. Instead of sticking with the church, say, this is my church, I'm sticking with it. It means standing with someone in their greatest trials and not judging them. You're living in sin. That's why you're dealing with this. if, If you would have done this, how do you know that? And if even if you do know that, you just got to help them at this time. 
They need help right now. Come on. Amen. True love endures shortcomings. True love never fails. It never falls away. It, 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 it's not always being disappointed. It means not losing heart through the great trials and through the failures because we all fail. It says, I'm still going to love you. I'm going to I'm going to help you out. Do you and I have unfailing love online? You see, only God really has that true love, but it's ours for the asking. You doing good? Because I want you just for a moment. I want you because here's love characteristics. Here's love characteristics. But now I want to go through. Love's guidelines. I'm just going to go kind of fast. I know I speak fast. I know some of you are like, oh man, this, I didn't really want to hear this message. But you know what? We needed to hear this message in this messed up world that we're in. We need the gospel. I need the gospel. Love's guidelines. Romans 12, 9 through 21. You see, Romans 12, 1 says, don't be conformed to this world. Let's not be like the world. Let's be transformed. The Bible says, let's be transformed, metamorphosized in the image of Jesus Christ. Our culture tries to squeeze us into their image. It tells us how to live our lives. And we need to say, you know what? Jesus is the guide in that. And unfortunately, too many believers have taken up the image of the world to be transformed into that image instead of saying, I want to be Christ-like. Jesus is our model. No one else. Romans 12, 9 through 21. These are, this is love in action. You see, we can say we have love, as it says in 1 Corinthians 13. You can say you have love for people, but your true love is going to be done in actions. In this wicked world, here's what Paul says. Romans 12, 9 through 21. I'm going to read it. Listen to this. This, this is love in action. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above ourselves, yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. There it is. 14, verse 14. Bless those who persecute you. That's hard. Bless and do not curse. We love to curse people who are mean to us, don't we? Verse 15. Rejoice with those who joy, rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. This means when someone wins, you celebrate. When they struggle, when the Asian American culture is mourning, you mourn with them. When the African American culture, when the white culture, you mourn with them. Do you see what I'm saying? When they, when they rejoice, you rejoice with them. That's good preaching, by the way. This is love in action. Live, verse 16, live in harmony with one another. Do you know what harmony means? I, I talk about this a lot. Harmony is, in, in the music, again, I, I had two semesters in my undergraduate days of music theory, okay? Yes, I can play guitar, sometimes I can sing, and, and sometimes I sing off-key, okay? But harmony means... Uh, when they write music out, if you've ever seen, like, there's different notes and there's uh, what they call, you know, they call the, the soprano, tenor, alto, bass. You know, when we sing in unison, we're all singing in the same voice. Harmony means we have different voices, but we're singing together. We're still playing off the same music. And in the church, he's saying, live in harmony. You're each different. But we have one cause. That's to love the world as we love Christ. Each of you are different. 
Each of you, but we're on the same page. We're following Jesus Christ. You might have a different political view. You might have a different view about this or that. You might have a different race, a different ethnic background. But in the church, there needs to be harmony. Doesn't mean everyone's the same. You see, uniformity is not biblical. Uniformity often is fascism or socialism or communism. By the way, again, Jesus was not a fascist. He was not a communist. He was not a socialist. He was Jesus, King of kings, Lord of lords. He was the Savior. And we must follow his teachings. So it says, live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay evil for evil. Be careful. Listen, be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. And now verse 18. Here's your caveat. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. It means do your best. Some people, they're just they're, you can't do it. There are some they're just angry all the time. Others they just want to fight you all the time. The best thing is to say, I'm going to do my best, but I'm going to get away from them. Or God help me be delivered from them. That's okay. Verse 19, do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if, you, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Verse 21, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. You see, we're not going to overcome this evil by acting like the world. We're going to overcome the evil by being good and loving as God tells us to love. Come on, amen. The last thing is this. is Would you stand here in the room? The worship team, would you come? Letter A is don't, be, don't conform to the world. Be transformed in the image of Jesus. Letter B is love and action. Letter C is hear this. Will you and I be recognized as disciples of Jesus because of our love? Will you be recognized as a disciple of Jesus because of your love? Do you have trouble loving others in the church because they voted different than you? Do you have trouble loving someone in the church because they're a different race than you? Do you have trouble loving someone in the church because they're a different gender than you? Or because they have more or less than you? Do you have trouble seeing past another's faults? The question for you and I is this, online in the room. Do we truly love others as Jesus did? Do we truly have this agape love, this divine love in us? So my thought, my concluding thing is this. Will you and I obey the command to love one another. It's not a suggestion. If you call yourself a follower of Jesus Christ, you must love one another as Jesus loved. Father, would you help us? This has been a, a tough week for me and for many people all over the world. I, I mean, not just because I'm half Asian, Lord. But we see the rampant rise of evil all over the world in this country and different other parts of the world. And Father, we, it, it gets, it's easy for us to be insolent. It's easy for us to point fingers. It's easy to us to say, well, that's because of our lifestyle. Lord, please help us to have mercy. Because we once were lost. We once were blinded. We were once on a road to destruction. And you came and you gave your son to set us free. And Jesus, you tell us we must love other people as you love them. So help us to love others in the church first and foremost. Because if the church can't love one another, 
we're in trouble. Because it says to love one another as you've loved us. And that the world will know that we are your disciples by our love for one another. So Lord, help us in this church to love one another. Help us in the church in America to love one another. Help the church in every country love each other. And help the church universal to love each other. And be about your business. Because it's only true love that's going to change the world, God. Not protest. Not voting. Not politics. Not money. True love is going to change the world, God. When the church of Jesus Christ, universal, all over the world, rises up and starts living love in action, it will change hearts. It will change nations. It will change and turn things around. So, Father, help us to love one another as you loved. And then, Lord, Lord those maybe in this room or those online, they've heard me speak of Jesus. You're, you're, in, the, you're in the room or you're, you're looking, watching online. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father except through Him. I want to challenge you. Maybe you're like, Pastor, I'm ready. I'm ready to accept Jesus. Or, you know, I'm not ready yet, but I, I want God to guide me. He loves you. He wants to set you free here in the room online. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. Saved from what? Saved from selfish love. Saved from the destruction of this world. Not that you'll never have troubles, but you'll be set free and that you'll, you'll be with Jesus in heaven one day. That's not the main goal. The main goal is to live with Jesus. So I'm asking you, if you're ready to do that, just say, Jesus, come into my life, whether it's in the room here or online. And if you make that decision, will you let us know? And here's the last thing is this, is in this room. I'm not going to open up the altar time, but if you want to come to the altar as the worship team sings once. Yes, we have a business meeting in a few moments after. But if you need to kneel in your chair, you want to come to the front, you, or you need to, you know, I just need to start walking in love. Would you do that? Father, in Jesus' name, I humble myself. I'm not perfect by any means. And Lord, I struggle with loving people in this world the way you love people. So I'm grateful that you forgave me. I'm grateful that you showed me my faults and my error of thought and my anger and my wanting to get back. But Lord, I pray that we would have the love of God. We would practice the characteristics of love that you, you described us in 1 Corinthians 13 and Romans 12. And help us, Lord, to love all, all people the way you do. And thank you that you forgive us of our sins. We worship you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, God bless you. I love you. The worship you to sing once. If you want to come to the front, you want to pray, you need to leave. We're going to have a business meeting in a few moments. God bless you.